I'm sexy. I'm sexy. Fuck it up. Come on in. 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 Let me go ahead and get myself set up so we can um, cleanse our chakras and um, tune in to the frequency of the singing yes this is god energy okay this is what you get this is god energy it might be too much for some but okay i'm gonna have to turn it okay so y'all bear with me gotta adjust myself Right. Yeah, this is what you get when you get God energy, Goddess energy. When you tune in to your Christ consciousness, the energy is off the chain. You don't need no drugs. You don't need no alcohol. You are the buzz. <laughs> you are the drug, you know? Like, I had this this one guy tell me, ask me, did I put him under a spell? No, bitch. No, I'm sorry. No, no, I'm not the spell. <laughs> My energy is the spell. Did I put you under a spell? No, I am the spell. My love is the spell. Because that's how I love. It's genuine. All right. If you do not have your stones, remember your hand will suffice, okay? Just set the intention that you are placing your hand on your chakra to cleanse, to balance, to heal whatever ailment you may be experiencing. I will have my um, my reference materials on Monday. I'm gonna go to my storage facility today and get my reference manual. Um, so I could tell y'all like some more ailments that, um, because if you resonate with those ailments, then you definitely want to, did I use citrine yesterday instead of? I think I did. And I actually think I wanna use this separatine for my heart because I've been doing the separatine for my heart um, chakra. Um, but you know, if you you know if you resonate with those ailments, like your root chakra, if you have lower back issues, that's that's something that um, can let you know that your root chakra is off. It's, it needs some cleansing. It needs some balancing. Okay, so base, sacrum, solar, heart throat um third eye and crown and today we're going to start with the crown chakra and i'm going to do that because remember everything falls from the head down the body right and this is what i teach in my business you have to get your mind right and in order for everything else to work correctly right our our bodies are the same as the systems and you'll notice that when you start learning about the chakras, every chakra lines up with a system in your body. So when you get your mind right, when you get your crown right, when you are connected to the divine, you, you experience Christ consciousness, right? You are awakened to your own Christ consciousness. So where the mind goes, the body follows, right? So then that's when your emotions start to get intact. That's when... Um, that's when you know you you start um you start start seeking things out spiritually you start healing your emotions then it flows down then you want your body to be you you start 
feeding yourself better things, start taking care, better care of yourself. Um, and then the base is your finances. You know what I'm saying? But relationships is your sacral. You know, so it all flows down. So we're going to go ahead and start with the crown. I'm going to go ahead and place my stone at the crown of um, my head. And um, what I want you to do is just go ahead and close your eyes, okay? We are going to go ahead and get started. I'm going to move this back some because it is a little bit, I want it closer to me so that I'm not exerting so much energy. I can't close my eyes, but I'm going to go ahead and lay my hand up there to hold the, the um, stone on my crown. And if you do not have a stone, then go ahead and just place your hand there and set the intention that you want to, you want to connect with divine source energy, right? You want to clean and you want to imagine a purple light, like a light. It's like a. Um, It's a light purple light. Imagine that light sitting at the crown of your head. You are Christ consciousness. Set the intention that you want to connect deeper with your own Christ consciousness. Tune in to the frequency. Chakra, you can communicate <laughs> assertively. 
You can communicate your needs, your wants, your desires. You can speak your truth. Some affirmations we can say is, I speak my truth. I speak my truth with loving assertiveness. I speak authentically. I'm honest. Next, we're going to go down to the heart. This is where your pain, the pain of the past continues to lie. You want to imagine a green light or even a pink light, right? Because we can use rose quartz here too. We can use any kind of quartz or uh, we want a clear quartz to use on our heart chakra, but we can use a rose quartz as well. A rhodocrosite, rhodonite, those are good too because those, um, those stones are good for opening up our heart. Also green, so malachite, this is a sepertine. I love sepertine on my heart chakra. It opens it up a little bit more than the malachite, but um, so yeah, you wanna just picture a green or pink light surrounding your heart center, right? And this is the center of love. This is, this is how you give and receive love, right? So what we wanna say is, I am open and receptive. I am love. I give, I'm able to give and I'm able to receive. I trust. of your heart not being open, you fear a lot. <laughs> you fear hurt. You feel pain. You fear pain. Oh, I should have said, um, I'm letting go of pain. Say that for your heart. I'm letting go of past pain. Okay, so the um, solar plexus is the, our center of power. This is where our confidence lies. This is where we believe in ourselves, our creative, uh, no, creative ability is sacral. Um, but you can, um, here you want to picture a yellow light. And you wanna say, I am confident. I am in control of myself.
stand in my power. Because no one has power over you. You give your power away. We're going to move down to our sacral chakra, which is right below the belly button. This is orange color. So you can use, you can use really any orange or red stone, or not, you can use orange, yellow, or red stones. Well, not red, but orange, orange calcite, citrine, tiger's eye. Those are really good stones for your sacral chakra. This is the seat of creativity, but it's also where our passion lies, right? And so what I've learned in being celibate um, for 834 days, <laughs> 35 today, um, but you not sharing your sexual energy is how you create, right? So this is why when you share your sexual energy, you have the, the, the desire to create, create life, right? But if you don't have somebody to share that with, you can create your own life. So, um, you know, some, some, some indications that your sacral is in need of cleansing is that you struggle to create. You struggle to tune into your creative abilities. So what I want you to say here is I am creative. I am sexual. I am passionate. Which is our base it is where we ground ourselves where we feel stable where we're financially secure um, so if your root chakra is in need of cleansing maybe your finances are not intact maybe you feel unsecure Maybe you feel unstable, like you <clears throat> you just can't get your footing. The root chakra is red. Any black stone or red stone will do. I love using hematite or black tourmaline. Those are my favorite. Um, I love using hematite um, for protection as well because, you know, if you feel unsafe and you feel unprotected, right? So, but I love in my practice when I do chakra and chakra balancing in person, I use this um, in my, um, I use hematite. I probably got like six hematites. I even got a Yanni egg hematite, right? Because I wanted to cleanse my womb of, um, you know, 
unhealthy soul ties that I've picked up in the past. Um, but I use this like under my massage table for my clients to ground myself. I'll put one in my pocket, I'll put one under the table, but it's a great protecting stone and it's a great grounding stone. Black tourmaline is a really good stone for your initial cleansings because it, man, it does wonders when you are in need of a, a root chakra cleansing. Um, but here we want to say the affirmations, I am safe. I am secure. I am protected. I am grounded. I am centered. All of my needs are met. All of my needs are met. take three deep ones you want to inhale deep poke your stomach out as far as you possibly can and when you release the breath release it slowly and imagine yourself letting go of everything that pains you every thought that doesn't serve your highest good okay and we're going to do that three times and then we'll finish um, we'll start our reading for today so on the count of three. One, two, three. Life is really what we make it to be. It doesn't have to be filled with pain and sorrow, right? That's a that was a place. The past is a place. It's not the destination. It's not the future. It's the it's a place. It was a teaching place. And um, remaining stuck in the past robs you of your future. It robs you, like steals whatever it can from you. Um, all right, so we are going to, let's turn on our relaxation music. My microphone, I'm going to leave it plugged up because after I'm done with the show, I have a, something to record. 
Um, let's get into the relaxation space and um, continue our reading of the human magnet syndrome. Mm -hmm. Oh, let me turn this down some because it's probably going to be all. Don't act like it's a bad thing to fall in love. There go some more bowls. <laughs> some more singing bowls. All right. <sighs> oh, boy, thing. Let me get my candle up. Don't act like it's a bad thing to fall in love. You might fall around from your teeth on Spend all your time and your money just to find out that my mind's free. Oh, Brighty, what do we have here? Who's texting me? emotional manipulation disorders. Children who are raised by healthy and nurturing parents in a safe and secure environment will likely become psychologically healthy adults who experience healthy mutual and reciprocal adult relationships. As explained in the previous chapter, in severely dysfunctional In severely dysfunctional families, children often replicate their parents' psycho, psychopathology. Moreover, children forward dysfunctional elements of their family of origin into their own relationships or families. Yes, they do. Absolutely. Um, you know, and like when I decided to like really go and heal from my childhood, when I was in my marriage and I seen it and I was like, you know, um, you know, I, we have been repeat, repeating it anyway, right? And I don't know, it just hit me, I guess, all of a sudden. And and I was like, you know, um, I want to go and, and deal with this, you know, to not continue to perpetuate it. Hi, sorry, I just seen, um, 
I just seen that you said hi. Sorry. Um, but, you know, we got to make that choice. The choice is ultimately up to us to not continue to perpetuate that in our relationships and in our families. And, um, you know, um, healing is tough. And actually, um, hold on, y'all. to endure but if you truly want to um, have a healthy relationship with others you have to go and work on yourself and then you will begin to that will begin to show up in your life right um, a lot of us continue to attract codependency um, because we're still in that unhealthy state of emotional manipulator you know and um, a healthy relationship is not somebody that's going to require you to chase after, is, is going to run away from you and require you to chase after them to prove your love. That's just not a healthy relationship, you know. Um, as mentioned in the preceding chapter, children of an emotional manipulator parent who may be partnered with a codependent parent ultimately repeat the sins of their parents following in their dysfunctional footsteps. In other words, emotional manipulator parents create psychologically damaged children, codependents, as demonstrated in the last chapter, or emotional manipulators. The deciding factor on which side of the continuum of self the child will find himself is directly influenced by the manner in which he coped and adapted to the emotional manipulator parent. If the child was able to adapt by becoming the gifted or pleasing child, then they will likely become a codependent. And if they would not or were unable to please their parent, they are destined to a harsher and more disturbed future becoming an emotional manipulator. As they say, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. However, in the case of children from emotional manipulator parents, we should ask on which side of the tree does the apple fall? There are typically two potential outcomes for children raised by emotional manipulators. As illustrated in the preceding chapter, The Origins of Codependency, a child who adapted to their emotional manipulator parent by becoming a pleasing child will likely become a codependent adult. This pleasing and gifted child escaped major psychological harm or trauma by behaving in a manner that neither challenged nor disrupted their, their parents' narcissistic needs or fantasies. 
However, for the child who could not or would not fulfill their emotional manipulator parents' narcissistic fantasies, their fate is far bleaker. Because this child prevented the emotional manipulator parent from actualizing their shallow and ill-conceived narcissistic fantasies of parenthood, they will have been subjected to harsher treatment, example, deprivation, neglect, and or abuse. The child who ruined his parents' veneer-thin fantasies, hopes, and dreams will most certainly have an uncertain psychological future. This child will likely become an emotional manipulator. Temperament and hereditary matter. Because a child's temperament is a product of hereditary, a parent can never know what their child's personality will be like. To illustrate, research has revealed that anxiety-related personality traits are 40 to 60% determined by a child's genes. Therefore, there is a significant likelihood that a normal and healthy child could be born with a challenging temperament or personality type. Because of the genetic roulette wheel of personality possibilities, a child who is colicky, stubborn, anxious, attention challenged, or painfully shy will unfortunately be a grave disappointment to their narcissistic parent. Although these children may require more energy and patience, they are still perfectly normal and healthy, at least to psychologically stable, stable parents. However, they might not be treated as such if one of their parents is an emotional manipulator. Instead of a beautiful and darling bundle of joy that the emotional manipulator parent hoped and dreamed of, they gave birth to a child who was not naturally happy, who could not be soothed and or would not or could not fulfill their restrictive one-dimensional narcissistic expectations. The narcissistic parent-child fantasy could have been blown just because the child was a wrong gender and the wrong shade of color or of skin. Or, or wait a minute, let me go back. Because the child was the wrong gender, had the wrong shade or color of skin, didn't look like them, or didn't look and behave like the beautifully perfect babies on their favorite TV commercials. If this child was born with a disfigurement, medical problem, or a developmental disability, they would have been even more of a disappointment if not an outright embarrassment to the emotional manipulator parent. The emotional manipulator parent reacts to his or her seemingly per imperfect child as if a horrible trick was played on them, a bait and switch of sorts. Instead of giving birth to the baby of their dreams, whom they were so sure they would create, they gave birth to a seemingly damaged, ungrateful, difficult, and willful child who seemed hell-bent on preventing them from actualizing their long-held fantasies of parenthood. And so, like, you know, when you're dealing with a, an emotional manipulator, they have these, these fantasies, too, of, like, a relationship. And like I said before, like, I recognize, right, when, as I was healing, I recognized my own emotional manipulative tactics right because when you are raised by an emotional manipulator and then you find yourself in a relationship with an emotional manipulator you tend to take on those personalities as well right so this is why when I first started my journey I was like I gotta find myself you know what I'm saying I gotta find out who I really am out of this situation, out of my family dynamic, because we take on these personas and these personalities, right? And so I found myself looking, you know, fantasizing relationships and looking for the perfect person 
when you know you really do have to there's no perfect person right but there is a perfect person for you i think anyway and you just really got to get down to like i think your top three your top three characteristics i ain't talking about physical features i'm talking about characteristics i'm talking about morals and values right like you me personally i want somebody who believes in faithfulness right being faithful like i you know if i feel like if you love somebody you don't see anybody else right so there's no need for you to go out and cheat or well i don't want to say cheat because we don't own nobody but you will not even think right you may look at somebody else and say oh yeah they're beautiful they're handsome but in your mind it's like tunnel vision right you like tunnel vision for that person you're not and a lot of people they will do it in an attempt to break your confidence right well i'm gonna go and get with this other person because i want to make you feel bad or whatever you know what i'm saying and, and and so like i need a communicator somebody who who goes even when it's tough even if they're not normally a communicator when it is tough instead of going out and looking for attention in somebody else to say this is what i need or at the beginning of the relationship, you express your needs, right? And and when somebody is falling short, we have a conversation about it, right? Um, but you gotta really get to, down to your top three, I think. You know what I'm saying? And you know, you'll hear people say you gotta you gotta have a long list of stuff. I don't think so. I think you really have to have top three because the thing is with those top three, it's like an umbrella, right? Everything else is going to fall up under it. If you got somebody that's faithful, they're going to be honest. They're going to be trustworthy. You know what I'm saying? So it just falls under that umbrella. If you got somebody that, you know, can communicate, you know, I mean, you know, everything just falls up under the umbrella. So pick your top three characteristics. Stop focusing on this outer shell, right? And pick your top three characteristics, I think, you know. You got to have similar morals and values. You can't have somebody that is okay with entertaining other people. If that's not what, you, you know, you know, that's why people in polygamous relationships, it works for them, right? Because they're okay. Now, I'm not saying that I'm insecure because, yeah, if my man, you know, if, if I got a man and women are like throwing themselves at him, but I know that he's faithful to me. We have that understanding, throw yourself at them, right? Because I'm living the fantasy. I'm, I'm living what you want. You know what I'm saying? I got what you want. You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna make sure I take care of it. But you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not I'm not doing that for nobody. That's not my man. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not doing that. But you know, so you just gotta really figure out what your top three are and what you're not, what's your non-negotiables, you know? Um, and that only comes with uh going in with going into self i think anyway um but yeah you know you expect perfect and nobody's perfect nobody right we all have shortcomings we all have flaws um but you know you can't expect somebody to be perfect and never make a mistake but again what's the definition of mistake is it a willful intent to harm you and hurt you that's not a mistake that's somebody who wants to inflict pain on you. Their hope that a beautiful bundle of joy would deliver them from their own personal misery and traumatic past would most certainly be derailed. As described in the preceding chapter, the emotional manipulator unconsciously believes their children are an extension of themselves. 
In a sense, the narcissistic emotional manipulator views others and the world around him as an extension of himself. Perhaps as you might view your arm or leg, he unconsciously expects you to conform to his will, just as his own arm or leg would do. When your behavior deviates from his expectations, he often becomes as upset with you as he would be if his arm or leg were no longer under his control. A bad child forever. The emotional manipulator parent will hold a grudge against their seemingly broken and imperfect child who they will forever experience as embarrassing and disappointing. Because of this child's imperfections, the narcissistic parent, the narcissistic parent's self-serving and selfish needs for affirmation, recognition, and praise will not be actualized. This poor and defenseless child will therefore be destined to experience a much harsher, more desolate, and more neglectful or abusive childhood than the gifted and pleasing child. Sadly, the developmental path of the future, future emotional manipulator adult is more traumatic and psychologically damaging than its gifted counterpart. Since this child is unable to live up to her parental fantasies, she is unfairly labeled as disappointing and difficult. Labels that are inaccurate pronouncement of her value to the parent and ultimately to herself. This egregiously damaging verdict will eventually become the basis for the child's own self-contempt and deeply damaged self-esteem. Over time, the child will internalize her parents' mistreatment of her and begin to agree with the emotional manipulator parent that she is indeed disappointing, ungrateful, and damaged. This is a label that is likely to stick for a lifetime. And this is why it's so important for if you're co-parenting with an emotional manipulator to affirm your children. Let them know that it has nothing to do with them. You know, um, you know, don't don't allow your children to feed into that, you know. Um, because it is damaging. It is damaging. Emotional manipulators are reflexively judgmental and reactive to what they perceive as their child's negative traits and deficiencies. It is not that they hate this child. It is more that the child's imperfections painfully remind them of what is wrong with themselves, what they hate about themselves that they buried or repressed from their conscious awareness. These parents unknowingly project their own personal shame and disappointment onto their child. As damaged individuals, it is easier to recognize these traits in others, especially their disappointing child, than to see them in themselves. And it's always that way for an emotional manipulator. Um, you know, it, they, they can see the speck in your eye, but they can't see the speck in their own. Um, emotional manipulators tend to externalize or blame others, especially the child, for their child's acting out behaviors. They rarely consider the possibility that they actually are the one who is responsible for their child's apparent problems. By blaming others, they are able to escape responsibility for the harm that they perpetuated against their child. Additionally, their failure to take responsibility and to blame others insults them from knowing and experiencing their parenting deficiencies and failures. Same way with, with self, right? If we're constantly blaming, right? and insulting others how can we ever learn from our own deficiencies and failures we can't right we got to take accountability and responsibility externalizing and blaming away their child's apparent badness prevents them from realizing their worst nightmare they have become the next generation of abusive or neglectful parents who created the next generation of traumatized and damaged children 
to become adult emotional manipulators. When emotional manipulators are unable to tolerate their child's acting out behaviors, they resort to punishing or abusing the child. Since this parent takes the acting out personally and consequently experiences a narcissistic injury, they feel justified in their retaliation. Worse than neglect or deprivation, the narcissistic parent may verbally, emotionally, or physically abuse this child. The dreadful reality for this child is that she is being punished for behaving as any child would behave if brought up by similarly hostile, unsafe, and unloving parent. If brought up by a similarly hostile, unsafe, and unloving parent, this child will be raised in a perilous environment where she will live in constant fear of triggering her psychologically unpredictable, unstable, and potentially dangerous emotional manipulator parent. Instead of being natural, a natural recipient for unconditional love and kindness, she will be move, a moving target for unmitigated abuse and neglect. This child becomes a metaphorical dartboard onto which the emotional manipulator parent hurls darts of disappointment, resentment, and even disgust. Since emotional manipulator parents are unable to comprehend their own hatred of themselves, they angrily throw their darts of shame, rage, and, and antipathy at the child who unconsciously reminds them of the worst aspects of themselves. And this is the same thing in, with an emotional manipulative partner. They will throw darts because something in their partner reminds them of the worst aspects of themselves. This is why it's so important for you to love your own darkness. Love your own wounds. Love your own demons. Because then you can accept others for who they are does not mean you need to be in a relationship with that person, right? But you can love and respect people for who they are. Simple as that. One dart at a time, the child absorbs her narcissistic parent's wrath. Over time, she internalizes or takes on her parent's projected self-loathing, insecurities, lost dreams, broken promises, and feelings of abandonment. Sadly, the darts never stop as the disappointing child is in, incapable of assaulting her parents' beliefs, assaging her parents' beliefs and assumptions of their inherent inadequacies. Not only is this displeasing and disappointing child unable to fulfill the parents' fantasies, her accumulated bitterness manifests into increasingly anger angry and hostile behaviors, which in turn reinforces the parent's angry, resentful, and ultimately distorted view of her. This child is not fighting back per se, but instead just trying to survive a confusing world of mixed messages, broken promises, and horrible disappointment. Because she is in a no-win situation, her acting out will justify the parent's continued deprivation, neglect, and abuse. This unfortunate child is perpetually trapped in a double bind for which there is no way out. And the sad part is, is that when you are co-parenting with an emotional manipulator, the courts don't recognize that. So you just have to do your best um, as, you know, the healthier parent and um, build your child up. That's it. Because then it's an even balance, right? It's kind of an even balance. 
because that child will know then that at least one of her parents loves her, you know? Um, and that's why it's just best to not stay in the relationship, but to leave the relationship. That way you can become the healthier version, the healthier parent, and then it kind of balances it out, hopefully anyway, right? That's all you can do is hope. Um, over time, the displeasing and disappointing child internalizes and identifies with her bad and disappointing label. Eventually, this child will likely give up and submit to the inevitable. She will never be able to transform her parents' anger, disappointment, and resentment into appreciation, affirmation, and most importantly, love. Even if the child could surprise her narcissistic parent and behave as a fantasy child, the pleasing child should, it would never be enough to change their opinions of her. Paradoxically, if this child should surprise her parent and, and consistently behave in a good and pleasing manner, she would be unintentionally challenging her parents' justification and excuses for their punishing treatment of her. If the emotional manipulator parents' deprivation, neglect, and or abuse was uncovered and confronted, a defensive, angry, and vindictive response would result. The parent would angrily justify their actions, blame others for the child's problems, including the child, and proceed to punish the child further. I'm going to stop right there um, because it is 1259 and um, y'all have an amazing weekend. I will see y'all on Monday. I will have all of my resources so that we can do affirmations while we're doing the singing bowl to cleanse your chakras and I'll let you know what ailments, um, you know, um, but thank y'all for joining me. As always, I appreciate y'all. Go out. Have a fabulous, amazing weekend. Do some dancing this weekend if you feel stuck um, or if you got a lot of emotional shit that's going on. All right? Love y'all.